at some point the pain will like you can't feel more pain than what you're feeling mm-hmm. like you become numb right so it's this mindset that you just don't stop you just keep moving forward yeah and yeah when you learn how to do it it becomes just so beautiful like mm-hmm. don't stop it's not easy it's not like yeah okay it's a fun day and uh, you will love it no it's just the thing of experiencing this mental and physical toughness what's beautiful during one full day this is the metal set Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. In a new book by sports journalist Sally Jenkins called The Right Call, What Sports Teach Us About Work and Life, she says that we're all a combination of light and electricity as much as tissue. Sports and exercise light us up like a swarm of fireflies. It sounds romantic, but if I have to bring it to reality and layman terms, it's that rush of joy I feel when I get off my bike after a fantastic ride or the sustained high after a run. It's what makes sports not just for the elite and professionals but for everyone. You and me, community athletes. And it's what Najla Halit, our guest today, discusses with us as she takes on one of the biggest challenges in the triathlon universe and a race on every triathlete's bucket list, Challenge Roth in Germany, which is happening on June 25th. Najla only started sports in 2020 at the age of 36 and hasn't looked back since. Challenge Roth, a long-distance triathlon, is similar to the Ironman brand. It has distances of a 3.8-kilometer swim, 180-kilometer bike ride, and a 42.2-kilometer run. And this is only her second full triathlon. The long-distance Challenge Roth has been organized by the Challenge family since 2002. The race sees more than 3,500 participants each year, and there are more than 260,000 spectators on course cheering them on. along with 7500 volunteers that come out to keep it going that makes it one of the biggest triathlon festivals on the calendar and a coveted one for every triathlete pro or amateur like jenkins book this episode is more about what sports can teach you about navigating life from the lens of a community athlete who spent the last 4 months training for one of her biggest races the discipline commitment balance and sacrifice that comes with it as you spend 12 to 16 hours training each week for an event while also balancing your daily life as a non-professional sports athlete we also talk about developing a strong physical and mental foundation to endure and finding a community to keep you going in your sport we too will be heading to germany to cheer the roth challengers on and soak in the energy of this electrifying race just google videos of past editions and you'll see what i'm talking about So stay tuned for more coverage from the ground on the Metal Set podcast. Enjoy the episode. Uh hi Najla, good to have you on the show and thank you for joining us today. Hello Afshan, how are you? Thank you for having me. Great. So the reason you're here is because one you're a community athlete in Dubai. and you're just a few days away from flying for one of the biggest races not just for you 
but one that is considered the must-do and on the bucket list of every triathlete wanting to do a long-distance triathlon. So on the 25th of this month, you're traveling to Germany for a race called Challenge Roth. And it's considered one of the best triathlon races in the world. But not many people know about this race. I think a lot of people know about the Ironman brand, but not a lot of people outside the triathlete universe know about Challenge Roth. So tell me a little bit in your own words about what this challenge is. Yeah, 100%. Um, So... First of all, I just want to say that I love your podcast before I Thank you so much. And uh, it's just amazing what you and uh, Don do in this podcast. So thank you for putting it together for us. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, Challenge Ross is a long distance triathlon. It is a brand. So like Ironman is a brand for long distance triathlons. Full Ironman, Challenge Ross is also uh, a brand. Uh, That's called Challenge Family. So basically, I think the full distance one is in Germany. They started in the 80s and they do it every year. It's one of the biggest triathlon parties uh, in the world, as they say. And around 260,000 people watch this race there. Thousands of volunteers are there and something around 3,000 athletes uh, do this race. So... I think it's very special in terms of vibes and environment. And that's why this race gets sold out very quickly. And I think everyone who is a triathlete would want to do this race one day. Some of the triathletes would keep it as a closure of their triathlon uh, life. Or I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. Some like me would just want to do it. So this is uh, very similar to the Ironman brand. And it's a full distance triathlon. So when we talk about a full distance triathlon with the discipline swim, bike and run, what are the distances that we're looking at? Yes, exactly. So full distance, it's 3.8 kilometers swim, 180 kilometers bike and 42.2 kilometers run consecutive. So nonstop, I mean, uh, it's not a multi-stage race. It's one day race, yeah. That's a uh, long endurance event. uh, A long day, yeah. I'm assuming it goes from day to night. Yes. So (laughs) you basically finish in the evening and you start very early in the morning. Right. Your journey into triathlons is also fairly recent from, you know, a, a little bit of what I know about you. So tell me how that journey began for you. Yes, that's true, by the way. So honestly, it started uh, beginning of 2020, December of 2019. I was 36, so now you know my age. <laughs> I'm going to be 40. And that's one, yeah, that's one thing I would really like to stress on, that there's no age to start sports, especially for women. Because I started in 2020 for women and men, but I know that... Uh, I mean, the podcast here is more targeting women. So 2020, I uh, I was doing gym sessions, uh, you know, Les Mills uh, classes. Yeah. They do cycling and some trains and all sorts of classes. Before that, I never have been a sports person in my school or in my life or really like anywhere. But... I started to do indoor cycling and I felt like, okay, I love it. And I was doing it a lot. And I started to do two classes in a row, sometimes three classes. So 
then I realized that, okay, that's, that's called, that's endurance maybe. Like I like to do, so maybe in 2017, I had a bike that stayed at home until 2020 and I never really used it. When I got this bike, I wanted to ride outdoor, but I didn't know how to do it. So I Googled cycling coaches and I got Enerfight. Mm-hmm. And I messaged them in 2017 and they told me, yeah, we train athletes. So Enerfight is the club I train with. Right. And I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm not an athlete. So then I don't know what to do. Maybe I should just go to the gym. 2019, when I started to do two, three classes in a row, I was like, I'm going to message them again because let me understand what do they really do. And then again, I messaged them. And yeah, they put me in touch with my coach, uh, who's uh, Rob Foster. And um, he's been my coach since 2000, uh, 2020, I mean, and it's been an incredible journey with him. I started, uh, I don't know, I told them I have a bike. Mm-hmm. I never really ran more than five kilometers once in my life. Yeah, maybe once or twice maximum. And I don't know how to swim freestyle. I know how to float, but I don't know how to do the freestyle uh, stroke at all. And yeah, he was very open. It's not like he made me feel like, oh, no, I cannot do it. Or that's scary. You're jumping into something really unknown. And yeah, from there, I took it step by step. And here I am now. So I was 36 when I started to do sports, like really endurance sports. And I, I even like I I was like insisting on him to keep for me the indoor cycling classes because it was like for me what I am trying to do. So we mm-hmm. took it day by day and slowly, slowly I get out of the indoor and I start Being yourself off the <laughs> indoor cycling and purely an outdoor cyclist now. But when you approached your coach, was it just like, okay, I'm going to try cycling. I may do running or was it like, no, I just want to do triathlon. So I'm going to get all my disciplines in order. I'm going to find a, you know, I'm going to work with you for swimming. I'm going to find a swim coach. How did that work? It was actually triathlon because I think there's an image in my head of me uh, driving somewhere on the road when Dubai 70.3 was happening. Right. And I didn't know what it is, but then I did some research and I was like, I will never do this in my life. Like, wow, wow. Like these guys are just Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, this image was translated into, okay, I want to do triathlon. I didn't know what distance existed. Like I didn't know what they call them, sprint, super sprint, these kind of things. And yeah, I mean, I was just very new and I didn't know terminologies. I didn't know what pacing mean, what RPM mean, what... uh, So really like Rob and the community and the people around me introduced me to everything. And that's how it started. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, You mentioned that, you know, there are several distances in triathlon. There's a sprint, Olympic, then there's a 70.3, which is half of the Ironman distance. And then you have the full Ironman or the long distance endurance uh, challenge, triathlon challenge. Uh, did you have to go through, is there a progression? So I'm, I'm assuming you can't go directly into a full Ironman, like you probably will have to take it step by step. So did you have to do all of them before signing up for a full? Look, you know, it's not like you have to, okay, first of all, 
It's only my personal view. I'm not like a professional uh, sports uh, coach or anything. It's just that I think you can do whatever you want. So mm -hmm. I started by doing few, I did a sprint triathlon, then an Olympic, then maybe two Ironman, a full a half Ironman, sorry. So that's like 1.9, half the distance of a full Ironman. Right. Yeah. And then I did few challenges like on my own, on the bike. But I don't think there is a rule. Like you can, if there's a will, there's mm -hmm. always a way. So if yeah. you say you want to do an Ironman and then you have someone ready to guide you and I mean, it may, it might take you a year instead of six months or maybe a year and a half instead of four months, depends on your fitness level, but you can, you can, you can do it. I think. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. If there's a will, there's absolutely a way. So I'm, I'm right there with you. When did you then start thinking of doing a uh, long distance or a full distance Ironman or anything of that nature? Yeah, you know, uh, Afshan, I realized that I like endurance. So endurance is long hours training. Mm -hmm. Maybe I prefer long hours uh, than uh, short uh, distances and speed. It feels like for me, it's it's my time, my meditation, my focus. Uh, I love to have like a big challenge and work towards it. It was COVID days. So, so I started this journey during COVID and it really transformed my life. Like, honestly, it, 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 it helped me so much on so many levels, not just fitness and health, but uh, everything, like my life. I'm just in a much better place uh, today. Right. So first year of my training, I wanted to do a half Ironman. It was Salala, but it was canceled because of COVID. But I was That's training for it. Yeah, yeah. But we kept training for it. Okay. Uh, then I decided, I told my coach, maybe I will do like some challenge on the bike. And I have a very uh, dear friend who unfortunately passed away this year in a bike accident who is a cyclist and he's a very, very good cyclist. So mm -hmm. I had the best ride of my life with him because we did the, uh, we rode the borders of Lebanon over three days. I was six months into my uh, athletic uh, journey yeah. <laughs> and did the borders. Uh, we raised $16,000 for the Children's Cancer Center of Lebanon. That's and amazing. yeah, that was beautiful. It was like, till today, the best ride of my life. And from there, I started to do, I started to love challenges. So on my birthday, I was like, okay, I'm going to do 300 kilometers and raise money for the Children's Cancer Center. Yeah. After that, I'm like, okay, I want to do an Ironman. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like, you go with how you feel. Like it's, yeah. if it's giving you what you want to feel and the satisfaction that you're looking for in sports, then it will come on its own. You feel like, okay, I'm going to do that now. So what are you seeking with these challenges? Like in, are you seeking a certain physical ability? Are you seeking a certain mindset that you're trying to kind of push your boundaries with? What is it that you're seeking? I think I'm definitely not seeking a time. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I won't, I will be happy if I can do a nine hours Ironman, but that's not what I'm after, right? Because I mean, I'm not at this level, uh, but I love, I love the discipline that it gives me 
I love the commitment, the sense of achievement. And the thing is that it translates into life. It's not just sports, right? So whatever you experience in these long challenges, they are episodes of life. Yeah. So like an Ironman, it's one day of your life, but through this day, you can go through 1000 feelings and you have to navigate them. And you learned how to do this, navigate a day through training. So that's, that's why I do it. Like it's, it's just beautiful. It's fascinating, honestly, how much you learn. Yeah. I mean, no matter what the outcome is, the journey and the actual day always leave you with lessons of some, some sort, right? That's hundred percent true. So what was your first long distance triathlon and when was it? Oh yeah, that was last year, my first Ironman. Uh, um, It was in Sweden, Kalmar. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a, I would recommend this uh, race to any beginners. Like it's just an amazing race for beginners, for people who want to do the first time an Ironman. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm assuming you had the best experience considering you are recommending it to our listeners as well. But once you returned, you know, from this race, did you have to take time to process it or did you immediately go, okay, I need to sign up for my next race now? (laughs) Okay. Uh, No, I couldn't decide to sign up for the next race. Unlike, uh, I just have a very dear friend who just did his Ironman and he was amazing and his journey is also amazing and he know like he knew after his race directly the same week that he's gonna do another one after Kalmar I was yeah. so sure that I will not do another one it was why was that yeah yeah I will tell you it was beautiful okay of course it was hard but I just loved what this day gave me but when it ended I was like okay I gave everything I have there i have nothing left i felt this void of like okay it's over i'm done it was so hard and it went by so quick and i'm like i didn't call 11 hour or 12 hour or whatever how many ever hours you took to finish that race oh, it took me 13 hours 17 minutes okay i wouldn't call 13 hours quick <laughs> najla no it's not quick but it's just beautiful right so Let's put it this way. As long as you take, as long as you enjoy this day, <laughs> because it really goes by so fast. Okay. The thing is that I didn't want to do it again. And I think I know why. And it took me mm-hmm. a while to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because when I did my first full distance, I didn't know how to find the balance between training and life. Right. It was consuming me completely. Okay. And that's not good. Like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maybe it is for some people, but for me, it was too much. Like it was everything I wanted to do and everything I could think of. So I had to compromise so many other things. Mm -hmm. And I told my coaches, Rob, uh, my triathlon uh, and endurance coach and Rory, my swim coach, Mm -hmm. I told them, unless I'm able, or I learn how to find the balance between life and training, I don't think I will do another uh, race. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was a challenge for myself because I felt empty, as I told you, after this race. And I think it's a common feeling for at least with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I felt this empty feeling because in my mind, 
I told myself, I'm not doing another one. And I was like, what am I doing now? So whatever I do, I feel like it's not what I want. Mm. And then I figured that, no, maybe I will do another one. Mm -hmm. And I will use it as a challenge to learn how to balance training and, and, and my life. Right. And yeah, so far, so good. We're tapering now. <laughs> well, which is why life seems really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm smiling and happy. and <laughs> So we've already said that Roth is one of the biggest races and is a bucket list race for most triathletes who want to do these long distance races. So did you always have your sights set on this race? Uh, no, not really, Afshan. It just happened. I think it's meant to happen because this race gets sold out in one minute, literally, mm -hmm. when they open the registration. It was already sold out, but they do a, a Christmas uh, uh, slots opening for like 300 athletes. Okay. And uh, we were having coffee with some friends. It was... Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know Jason and Sarah. Mm -hmm. And um, Sarah was pregnant and Jason's dad did Roth. And uh, he told me, why don't you do Roth? I'm like, no, I'm not doing another uh, race. He's like, they will open the registration in two weeks. I'm like, six December. Wow, my birthday is for December. Mm -hmm. Okay, if Sarah delivers for December, I'm going to sign up for the race. So it was like, they planted the seed in my head and then... Uh, yeah, I decided like, no, I will, I will sign up uh, because I think that's what I want. And I will challenge myself to learn how to balance training and life. And um, yeah, I pulled a very close friend with me to mm -hmm. do the race, Jamie. Mm -hmm. And uh, it happened that we were both able to get a spot on 6th December at uh, 3 p.m. Dubai time, I think. They opened it. It was sold out in 45 seconds. This episode is supported by Deep Dive Dubai. We know that our listeners love awesome adventures. And take it from us, it doesn't get more awe-inspiring than the world's deepest pool. Measuring a record-breaking 60 meters, Deep Dive Dubai gives both scuba and freedivers the ability to discover an underwater world complete with the latest in dive technology and an abandoned sunken city. For those new to diving, like me, it's the ideal place to get started. And for those experienced to expert divers out there, it's the perfect place to hone your skills with exceptional facilities, expert staff, and state-of-the-art technology. Since it opened in 2021, it has mesmerized visitors and continues to deliver extraordinary experiences seven days a week. For more information and to book your experience, visit deepdivedubai.com. So you were talking about, you know, kind of only doing another full distance triathlon if you found that training, work, life balance, right? So what, you're, and you're a community athlete, you're not, in, you're not a professional athlete, you're not an elite athlete who has to do, who, whose only job exactly. is to do this, right? Exactly. So what is the process and considerations for you before you sign up for something like uh, an Ironman or Challenge Roth as you did right now? Yeah, that's a really nice question. Okay, I'm very uh, perfectionist, I would say, maybe, or determined. Like, I would never miss a session, or if my coach says you have to do this on this day, then if I don't do it, it like, I can't explain to you how I would feel. And I was like that uh, during Kanmar. And, and if I'm, 
I mean, if I have a ride and I have to wake up at three in the morning, then I can't do anything with uh, my family during the day. And so I considered all of these things when I signed up for Ross. I picked a race that's not in August. Kalmar was in August. So I had to train during Dubai summer and wake up at like really ridiculous times, like two or three in the mornings to do my training so that I don't uh, feel the, the heat, even though it was hard. So that was like just killing me all the time. And um, I was more open to like, it's okay if I change some sessions, if sometimes I miss a session, even though I didn't, but just like mentally by uh, deciding that it's okay to do that, then the pressure of it is less on you. You know what I mean? And I also knew what to expect. So a lot of aspects of it were just much easier for me because I knew why I'm doing this for how will this day be and what to expect. So there's nothing to really maybe maybe stress about or just focus this much about. Just have fun and do it like so. And I think I really managed. It was like just amazing how uh, I managed to train for Ross compared to my training for Kalmar. Yeah. So how far out from an event such as this does one start ramping up their training? And what does it look like? Yeah. So Afshan, I think it depends on uh, your fitness level. Your coach would uh, decide how far uh, you need to uh, prepare. I think we started in February working on my aerobic base and then we kept going until now. And were there any lessons from uh, your first Ironman that may have impacted how your training looked this time around? Like did you change anything? Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. really, uh, because I mean, uh, my coach is still the same. So everything he noticed or he learned from my training during Kalmar, it was enhanced in Ross. So it's just amazing because he knows all my DASA. He knows my yeah. my level. He knows my fitness. So it was tweaked around who I am as an athlete today. Mm-hmm. And also I was injured when I did Kalmar. So my running volumes was much low. Like uh, I couldn't run as much as I'm doing now. So he knew how to ramp it up slowly so that I could run much better maybe. So hopefully my run will be better, for example. So these small things helps a lot. And of course, he knows me now very well because we've been working together for uh, three years. And yeah, he knows uh, my mindset. He knows how I function, how I think, my fitness, my my life, uh, what's everything that's if impacting or affecting my, my training. So he worked around it a lot as well. Right. What are the number of hours that you're putting in during a ramp up? Uh, you know, it's that's I don't I don't know because I know, but I just don't remember much because it for me it was like I'm training. It's it's just right. training. Just you know? the, the training yeah. box. So yeah. I think it would have been like twelve hours a week for some times, and then at the end we used to do two weeks on, one week off. The two weeks used to be 15 hours and then the week off used to be a recovery. And the last four weeks are like just the last block of training. And that's like 15, 16, 17 hours a week for the last consecutive uh, four weeks. And then we taper. So only I felt that I'm really training for an Ironman at the end, because then you have some fatigue that's accumulating. You cannot recover. It's one training block, the four weeks, and then you taper and that's 
I was looking forward to it because I wanted to see how will I deal with it because that's yeah. why I'm doing Roth, right? So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there are three disciplines that you, you have to train in, uh, swim, bike, and run. Do you have one that you enjoy the most uh, or is there one that you favor over the other? And then how, how do you split that during training? Okay, it depends when are you asking me this, this question. If you ask <laughs> me when I first started, it was swimming. Like I was, okay. I hated it. I, I didn't okay. know how technically it is, but I just got into it and I couldn't stop because you start to put the work in and then you're like, if I stop now, all this work is like, a waste right? <laughs> so you're like stuck uh, so it depends on the period now okay. i'm loving running because i don't have an injury i'm able to run my fitness is really good so my running is in the best form uh maybe when i was injured during kalmar it used to be the bike at some times i used to feel like oh i'm a good swimmer because i was building endurance and fitness so it's really a nice question but honestly I don't have a favorite sport. It just depends on how I'm going and how I'm feeling. I would enjoy the sessions and yeah, keep going. And when you're, when you're working with a coach, is it that, because we also know that in terms of distances, whether technical or not, uh, swim is the shortest distance that you're doing. Bike is the longest distance that you're doing and then run fall somewhere in the middle, though it seems like the longest distance once you're doing like a bike and a swim and then... <laughs> have to do a full marathon at the end of it. Does the training split then depend on the your weakest discipline or how you assess your weakest discipline? Or is it then you're focusing on the distance because the bike, you have to do 180. So that means you would have more biking hours. How does that work? Yeah, uh, I think it, um, it also depends because you cannot ignore a discipline and just focus on the others. The focus should be on the three disciplines. Also, it depends on the athletes. Like I know that, I know some friends who, for example, they don't focus so much on swimming because they know it's the shortest distance, but like, I can't do that. I'm the type of athletes who needs to focus on everything and try to get the best out of every discipline. Otherwise, if I don't do a good swim, it might affect my bike mentally. Mm -hmm. So these kind of things, so when I became more fit in swimming, we reduced the intensity of my swim sessions. So my coaches communicate together, for example, and we focused a bit more on the bike. So it depends. It's very specific. It depends on the person. But if you ask my personal opinion as, a, as someone who is doing it, I would focus on the three uh, disciplines. So I get a decent level of fitness in the three of them if right. I can. Like you mentioned, training is individualistic. Uh, yeah. Program works for everybody. But if there are three things that you'd uh, tell a triathlete going through the training process for the first time that they're doing something like an Ironman or a Challenge Roth, what would that be? Okay. I would tell them to not to think of what it is or the complexity. If they have a thought in their head that they want to do a triathlon, just go for it, seek a coach advice and trust whatever he's doing because he will get you to the start point and to the finish. And when they are doing a challenge like Challenge Ross, so it means they have some knowledge or experience about uh, endurance, I advise them to be present there 
and don't think at if they can not to think about the finish because mm-hmm. I always tell this to myself the day go goes by too fast and thinking of the finish is like a waste you just have to be present and enjoy the day that you worked so so hard for right it's not easy to be done but if you keep it in your mind it can be doable it will be hard during a full distance triathlon at some point and you might not be able to smile all the time but just smile because it gives you this energy i don't know how to explain it but try it yeah Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, the third thing is when you feel so there will be highs and lows during this day. So when you feel low, use the energy of the people. They will lift you up. Like that's what I did in Kalmar. I think they got me through the run because my run was not like the perfect run, right? I had to go through ups and downs on the run, and they got me through the run. And when you feel like your highs, just use like. smile and keep going you know because you're just feeling good so yeah i think those are the three things i would uh, i would tell perfect you've already demonstrated that you can do a full distance triathlon i sometimes i think about it and i'm like this is this is a lot of hours of like you know racing the training process i love it and i'll put in all those hours but if you have to do it in one go where you're like racing for 11 12 13 hours it's a different mental game altogether is there a certain personality that you think you need to do such grueling challenges personally <laughs> yeah i think you should be a bit uh, like at some point the pain will like you can't feel more pain than what you're feeling mm-hmm. like you become numb right so it's this mindset that you just don't stop you just keep moving forward yeah and yeah when you learn how to do it it becomes just so beautiful like mm-hmm. do, don't stop it's not easy it's not like yeah okay it's a fun day and uh, you will love it no it's just the thing of experiencing this mental um, and physical toughness what's beautiful during one full day right so yeah Okay. You've done the training. You're now in a week that every athlete looks forward to, which is Taper Week, where your load is quite low in comparison to the several months of build that you've been doing. You know your body's ready, but how have you trained your mind for such a challenge? Yeah, you know, uh, Afshan, you you. I mean I'm ready I'm looking forward to it it's going to be beautiful but you never know how the day will go yeah so it doesn't mean that if I did the training then everything will be fine on the race day but during the training I think the training is the hardest part so whatever happens on the race day my mind will know how to deal with it because uh we've been doing like long hours of trainings and I think it's even harder than the race day the training that we do so so my mind is already trained to deal with challenges during the training and i think i implemented on the race day depends how it goes but i mean 100% there will always be lows on an ironman day because in a normal day you can't be happy all the yeah. day it will be ups and down and it's like kind of the same right on the race day yeah 
So going into Roth, what are you most excited about? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited to enjoy the day. Uh, I have people so close to my heart with me there, my friends and my partner. And I'm racing with 3,000 athletes and two of them are close people in my environment and friends and three actually. So it's just very special, right? These days don't come too often. Like mm-hmm. I have this, maybe next time I, I won't be able to do this. I, it will not allow me and uh, these people won't be able to travel uh, this far uh, to be in uh, such a special day with me. So I just want to uh, like enjoy it and love it and appreciate it. And, and yeah, see what, how will I feel yeah. compared to what I was feeling in Kalmar. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's my, yeah, that's what I want to achieve. Let's see. If you watch these videos from Challenge Roth, it truly is a there's there's a party vibe throughout throughout yeah. this course, right? Yeah, um, you can have beers and stuff on the course. <laughs> <laughs> so is that are you excited about that? Are you excited about the vibe that you see? And you know, I, I, have you been watching videos by the ways on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been <laughs> watching, and I'm so excited. Like this, the energy. I think sports connect people mm-hmm. like the, the, the energies that as an athlete racing, uh, mm-hmm. the people gives you is just another level. Like it's something so beautiful, mm-hmm. like seeing someone clapping for you and telling you to keep going. I don't know. Or a, a volunteer who is a kid giving you water. It's like how much people you're pushing or inspiring during yeah. this day. It's just so, so beautiful. And then you're doing it for yourself to feel this uh like the hard work that you've been putting for this goal and this challenge whatever it is if you finish it in 20 hours or in 10 hours i mean of course 20 it's but i mean yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to so i mean you've convinced me maybe not to do a try in the immediate future but maybe sometime (laughs) in in a foreseeable future because we we all know by now we've established on this podcast that I do not know how to swim. So exactly. that's, that's something but that you will, you will eventually. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a de- definitely a skill that I want to learn. It's a, to me, it's a life skill. So whether I do a try or not after learning it is a different thing altogether. Whether I do a full distance triathlon is still very debatable, but Yeah, swimming for sure is uh, something that I would like to learn. But if someone comes up to you and says they want to consider triathlons and they want to consider maybe at some point a full distance triathlon, what would you say to them to convince them to start? Oh, I mean, I'll give you, yeah, I think I would, for example, a friend of mine wanted to start triathlons. Mm or cycling and I gave her my uh, the bike when I first started like my old bike so I told her because it can be overwhelming in the beginning to go invest in a bike and to buy all of the things that you need and then you might not end up liking it and it's not what you want to do so I give them like my bike uh, I had another friend who uh, saw how much sports is bringing joy to me and uh, endurance 
So I got her, like she signed up with me to do some swimming. And then I went with her on some bike rides and she ended up getting a bike. So she used my bike in her first triathlons. We did it together. And now she has her own bike and she still tries to do like these kind of things. Now, I cannot uh, personally convince someone unless if there's a will in this person, then they will do it. But I can just like guide them, help them answer their questions, uh, give them my bike, go with them for a run, tell them to come watch some races, maybe sign up for a relay with them or tell them, okay, let's sign up to the sprint or this uh, Olympic distance or explain to them uh, what difference a coach can do. Like just tell them what I know so that they can use it so that they can achieve what they want to achieve yeah i mean that's that's the most important thing right about community you support them and then you see them flourish and get to the start line and then take them to the finish line yeah i mean i wouldn't i think now mentioning community i think i'm not sure if what i've done would have been possible without having this community like around me like it makes like it helps a lot and it is important on so many levels, not just to go and run with someone. It's just like the support you receive from everyone, you supporting your friends. It's all of it is like just a beautiful game. So being in a community is also very, very uh, important. And I think that's why we're all in sport, right? Because we've all found a community and uh, we've all been challenged by the community and uh, They've supported us to take on challenges that may not have seemed like something for us. And then we've achieved them. Yeah, 100%. I agree, honestly. On that very, very positive note, Najla, thank you so much for joining us. We are looking forward to seeing your result in Challenge Roth. And we will be there also cheering you on and cheering the other athletes on from the UAE. So uh, looking forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Afshan. Thank you. See you in Roth. See ya. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.